0: Your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Thursday, right? Thursday, I always forget the day. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Round two for me today. Round one for Spencer Halsey. She's the UW lacrosse outreach specialist. And um, you just, I, like to, I would rather say you just blow th- garbage cans up for a living
1: oh yeah i blow things up and and get people excited about science that's the best way to describe my job yeah
0: because outreach specialist sounds like you're some kind of you know advertiser or i don't know like you're you're working in an administrator you're not actually uh getting your hands dirty and doing you know teaching kids and
1: it's a mix. I get to do all the uh, background work, like the budgets and the scheduling rooms, but we do oh, a so lot you, of the fun so stuff. so
0: you do you do have to do some of the work. You just want put a little closer. Um, all right, so you're you graduated with a degree in physics, mm-hmm. a minor in astronomy from the University of Illinois. So, are you from Illinois? then?
1: I am. I'm actually from a tiny town in Illinois called Kinmundy. Uh, good luck finding it on a map. Uh, population like. 500 on a good day.
0: Well, I mean, come on, find it on a map. We're just going to, good luck spelling it. First of all, Google will spell it for us and then Google will find it on a map. It will be easy to find it on a map if I want to. But um, now, how did you get into, you know, uh, uh, just describe your job at UWL, the fun part of your job, not that other stuff where you're talking about balancing the books or whatever.
1: All right. So I guess the best way to describe my job is I inspire others to inspire others I work with faculty and staff and community groups to bring outreach to lacrosse. Uh, I like to focus on STEM programs, which I really want to talk about with you today, but we also do a lot of writing, uh, art camps, so I guess STEAM, uh, and I like to hop in the classroom and help guide students to like great explanations about science, uh, including things like we have coming up a science fair, so I'll be giving feedback to students on their projects and Helping them get inspired about physics.
0: Okay, so the, and you're you're affording the opportunity for at least for parents and for children to uh, avenues to get involved in in the sciences, right? Is it just science too? Is it just? I mean, multiple multiple versions of science and.
1: I mean, my favorite one is physics, but we do all we do the whole thing. We do chemistry, we do biology, uh, we do astrophysics, physics. I mean, those are the ones that mean the most to me. But we also do a lot of mathematics camps. One of the uh, workshops we lead is actually mathematics. So just learning about math, and oh yeah, we cover the whole thing.
0: At what point in time? How long have you been doing this?
1: I, I started in September, the end of September. Okay.
0: Did you just graduate then, or did you? Were you doing something else before this? We're just gonna do your whole bio. All
1: right. Let's just let's just go into <laughs> it. All right. So before uh, before this, I actually worked in Madison at Epic software company. So any of you listeners who are working software... Uh, I might be addicted
0: to Fortnite right now.
1: Not so. not the but same one. Not, not the, the same At okay. uh, Healthcare software, like a okay, large private company of its kind. It's okay. huge. Um, and before that, I so I was a May 2020 graduate. Thank you, COVID, for taking that graduation away. Uh, but
0: graduation overrated. Overrated. It's terrible. a little... You sit there, it's pretty boring. Although when I graduated in December at Stevens Point, and then all my friends graduated like the next semester in the spring when it's nice out in Wisconsin... Mm-hmm. And oh man, this is gonna bring this is gonna bring up something fun. Somebody, people, Ken's gonna laugh at this. People release chickens oh during God. their graduation. <laughs> so, oh so not my graduation because that was in a gym indoors, and I don't even remember it. But my friends all graduated the next semester, and there were chickens running around while they're trying to have speeches and stuff. What are the odds? Like what Ken, Ken Forks, odds? who you did a podcast with, okay. says don't mention chickens, and here I mentioned chickens right off the bat. But okay, what were we talking about? You're, we were doing your bio. Yeah, and, I okay. and, you.
1: and this is the cool part. So uh, when I was when I was a physics student at University of Illinois, I worked with a traveling science show. I led it for three years, and we traveled around to different schools and taught kids science. And that would include what I described to you exploding trash cans. Now the physics department here is very welcoming. They're like, do whatever you want to do to bring science out, uh, and. To well they have protection. that old science
0: building. They don't you know they they want to get that new science. so explode all you want, because if it burns <laughs> down, that'd be a great yeah. uh, incentive to build a new building, right?
1: Goodbye, Callie. Hello, Prairie Springs too. <laughs>
0: um okay, so this is funny too, because you're you're trying to get kids involved in science. At what point in your you know, you probably grew up with the nerd, the nerdy kid is cool. Like this is this at some point, and I don't know if you you experienced this, but I did. I definitely experienced and it might have been because you're a physics. Uh, you know, you graduate with a physics degree. The show Big Bang Theory might have <laughs> helped make the nerdy kids cool. I don't know, but it might have started before that. I think even like Spider-Man movies, where Peter Parker is—you know, he's he's stud- he hes a photographer, but like he's—he builds uh, he's, his webs, yeah, and, stuff. and he's he's smart and he's sciencey and, he, and he's involved. And that's how he gets bit, right? Like he's kind of you know in in I don't remember how he was involved in the in the science aspect of that, but at some point in time, this stuff became kind of cool and now what you're doing is promoting it it's probably your job probably 20 years ago was would have been harder
1: yes uh, oh absolutely i to quote another famous scientist i am standing on the shoulders of giants i am riding up on a wave of of stem growth right now there's a huge des- desire and a huge demand for stem positions right now and i don't think that's going to change anytime soon so yeah i don't feel like my job to sell and to pitch stem camps to people is that hard Who doesn't love to explode things or build robots? Like 20 years ago, that probably would have been perceived a little differently. That probably would have been accessing a different group of individuals. But we find our camps are super accessible now.
0: Yeah, and social media has probably helped. And you keep seeing STEM. Is it STEM with an E or STEM with an I? Uh, It's STEM, right?
1: E for engineering.
0: S-T-E-M, right? What does it stand for?
1: Uh, Science, technology, engineering, and math. Okay. But I also see it as STEAM. Uh, and a lot of scientists will actually like agree with this interpretation adding art into that experience uh, of you know learning and engaging with the world because science tech math just ways to learn about the world so is art so steam
0: yeah and i get i'm kind of jealous too because of this transition from I, I, and you know you rolled your eyes when i said nerd because i but i was going nerd is cool now and i don't know geek geek is not i think nerd is like the smarter smarter, smarter version of this but uh when I was growing up that wasn't cool. So I'm 43 now. So when I was growing up that wasn't cool and also the camps that I went to were like basketball camps. No offense to my parents, they sent me to the camps, you know. They sent me to what was there. Um but when I look back i would be like when you, and you're talking before the show about your camps and 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 stuff like that and I'm like, "Man, those would have been cool to be part of." And not that my dad didn't try to get me involved in science. I think at some point I just he lost me to the basketball. So I'm going to basketball camps and I uh, mean, looking back on that, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a six foot white guy. Like, I was never gonna, I was never gonna be a basketball player as a profession. But a lot of this stuff, when it comes to science, the odds of becoming a scientist are so much, you know, the, the bigger, I guess. And and getting your kids involved in this is is beneficial because this is a, this is a career path you set mm-hmm. your kids on as starting, starting. And this is probably the spiel you give to to anyone you're talking to, right? You're
1: taking the words right out of my mouth, right? Uh, well, first of all, scientist is a really big umbrella term, right? There's so many different pathways that someone can go down in science, uh, and so you just have to create a little spark. That's that's really all we want to do. We just want to inspire somebody to to investigate STEM for what what it is, and and that's why we have all these non-athletic camps. And if you love sports, I absolutely encourage you to you know cross over and experience both sides, either direction, you know. Get, try out the athletic camps, but also maybe hands-on science, which is our our camp that you know brings 6th uh, through 8th graders to campus to meet with instructors and learn about science.
0: Yeah, I'm telling you, this stuff has changed because I, as a sports journalist uh, for a decade, Winona, I would cover the football game and Winona. And then at halftime, like half the team would run into the locker room to do the team talk, whatever. Well, the other half of the team would grab like their tubas and trombones and they're in the band. So there's like 150 kids in like the Winona band mm-hmm. and, and half of them have like shoulder pads on. They're playing with their football uniform because they're, it, you know, and I'm just like, wow, this is uh really different from when I was high school because band geek, that was a thing, you know, but now I think a lot of this stuff's changed. Anyway, Spencer Halsey is going to spend the hour with us. We're going to talk about some, uh, you know, maybe a, I'm going to get your opinion on the show, Big Bang Theory, because I think like, uh. Top Gun, the movie Top Gun, you oh, know yeah. that one? Oh, yeah. Uh, if you ask somebody in the Navy or or even the Air Force about Top Gun, they roll their eyes. So I want to know if you roll your eyes at Big Bang Theory. But anyway, we got to take a break. Oh, this one's good, right? This one's for you. We bring if bring guests in and we we plan it out well enough, then you won't hear Stone Temple type Pilots and Pearl Jam every day. <laughs> Because I'll ask them what songs they want to listen to as they come back. But Spencer Halsey is in here. She's a UW Lacrosse outreach specialist. She's a science, you know, I'm going to. What do you call yourself when you can't say geek or nerd? So, what do you do? Science, superhero, uh, superstar? I don't know.
1: Fan of fun facts.
0: <laughs> fan of fun facts. That's terrible. That's. I would rather be called a geek, I think. Um, okay, so this does
1: make me sound way worse. Yeah. I was, I'll just take nerd.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, I, I was talking about. How in when I was in high school, middle school, you know, we, we I got sent to basketball camps. I did basketball camps, uh, did basketball leagues in the summer. I was pretty basketball junkie. I still am, even though I'm, you know, can't run up and down the court anymore. Um But the the idea here looking back, I'd be like, oh, yeah, this stuff that you're doing would have been really cool for anyone that, you know, And this. These have, I think these opportunities are, are better afforded now or. Maybe, maybe I just realized. Like, it, it, I grew up in Hortonville too, so it was just tiny. You talk about tiny towns, so it's kind of it's a little bigger now. But um, this stuff, like this stuff, is happening all summer, right? Like, you, you, and, and parents can get their kids involved. Uh, like, how do they do that, and what? And what is it? Because, like, what what are we doing? Like, what are the kids going to go there and do?
1: All right, so I'll take your question. Do your one spiel, by yeah, right. Yeah, all right, we got this. So I've got four camps I really want to tell you about. Our campus offers a lot, but most of them are already full. Um, So, look for you guys next year. Yeah,
0: I know. You asked me like a month ago, and it just didn't work out because, oh, by the way, Spencer, I'm on vacation this (laughs) week. So, but um, there are some camps that are still open. But anyway, continue. So, I'll
1: tell you a little bit about how these camps work, and more importantly, how we can get all of this scholarship money to students. We have so much scholarship money. Oh my gosh, so much money to give to students to attend these camps to make them like eight bucks for what used to be $127. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of money. All right, so stay tuned, parents. Uh, a couple of the camps that we're offering this year that have a couple seats left. Uh, my Near and dear to my heart is Hands-On Science. It is, uh, as I mentioned, for 6th and 8th grade students from this whole area, this whole region, to come to campus and sit in classes with instructors and actually get a college-like experience, really hands-on experience. They're, they're working with DNA analysis uh, electric electricity and ma- magnetism uh, doing some fun chemistry to make bouncy balls uh, next year we might even do a session on meteorites uh, and collecting meteorite samples using really strong magnets yeah uh, do
0: you have that right here oh just put it right here so I remember that there's a, a like a 10 pound kind of a tiny piece of rock that's yeah that's that's almost 10 pounds I think. Dance. So that so, uh, I remember that we got to talk about this anyway. G- keep oh, going. Yeah.
1: Um, the another one that uh, UWL offers is Camp Quantum. It's actually a overnight camp. So parents, you guys need to take a little break for a bit. Uh, send the kids our way because we'll show them how to code and build robots and all these really fun things with computer science instructors. Uh, that is in July. It's July seventeenth through the twenty second. It's a five day thing. So it is a huge uh, coding tech camp for students. Uh, particularly high school students, right when they're looking for interests, what they want to do in college, this is a great seed that leads to careers that make a lot of money because coding is where the money is.
0: Okay, when when I think science and, hey, if you want to get involved in a career in science, you need to be really smart in math. Is that always the case?
1: Uh, I was actually terrible in math. Okay. Uh, so I don't know if you've – the way I describe this uh, when people ask, have you ever, like, held a cat on your lap and then pet it backwards? Like, that's what math felt like to my brain. I – I didn't like math, but I struggled through it, and I learned math through physics. So thank you, physics instructors at U of I, for being patient with me as I struggled through
0: Will a cat? Will a cat let you do that? I feel like the cat would be okay with it.
1: Well, if the cat is contained within your brain and you force it to, <laughs> to take that math so you can do what you want to do, which is physics... Then, then it'll do it. But yeah,
0: Denver I, cats scratching a cat's belly. Don't do that. Don't so, do that. Don't, they like scratching math's belly. I don't know. Just be careful there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so uh, I actually didn't. I mean, I did okay in high school math. I struggled in college math. There are some really gifted students out there who loved math but didn't like like physics. So you know, everyone teach their own. But if you aren't good at math, don't let that turn you away from science because. There's so many opportunities for everyone, even those who love math, those who hate it. Uh, science is not like you have to know math to do science.
0: I was going to say, can I do the science without having to, like, do math?
1: Um, it depends on what science. Right,
0: but there's got to gotta be some avenues there. and
1: There's places for everyone. Uh, yeah. So I actually worked in a genetics lab for a bit. Uh, I mean, it's still got math. All the geneticists out there are like, we do math. You do math. Uh, but you don't have to do all of the math to... Um, you know, breed corn species to make purple and red dye. Like, we did that. We were looking at the um, DNA strands of corn to develop a brand new red dye. Because, fun fact, as I said, fan of fun facts, uh, the red dye in food currently is made out of a byproduct of petroleum, red 40. That's why people are allergic to it. Uh, Scientists are like, we can fix that. Uh, So we bred a bunch of corn to make it the entire plant from tassel to roots bright red. Um, she so made some,
0: you made some GMO corn. Oh
1: yeah, we did. And we had,
0: are you GMO corn? I don't GMO'd know.
1: corn. Yeah. You yeah. verbed
0: it. You verb. we verbed GMO there. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. If you want to get in here, Spencer Halsey spent an hour with us talking about uh, science and, and okay. So like you like to promote that you you blow things up. Like, mm-hmm. can you just, can you just go into the, the, the idea that your your spiel, the, the highlight of your spiel is you blow garbage cans up somehow.
1: Yeah. So, um, For camps and stuff, a good kickoff for any camp is to bring all the kids around and start it off with a bang. Uh, And that's something I'm going to be introducing throughout this position because I just started in September uh, partnering with the physics department to bring those kinds of fun, like memorable moments to these camps that kids would want to see including blowing trash cans up. And that's my expertise. I've done it 185 times now. Okay. Yeah. And so...
0: That's I, a round number. I feel like maybe it's 187.
1: 187. Well, there was a couple ones that didn't go as planned. I The scar is gone, but oh, uh, the, it, the memory remains. <laughs> you ever
0: get, do you ever get a dud garbage can where the kids are super disappointed and
1: Yeah, you? that does happen. It okay.
0: does. Okay, well...
1: Yeah, but we try our best. And um, the, we, we had a whole protocol for diffusing them, but... You know, I think maybe 180 out of the 185 were, were solid. Some of them exploded better than others. It depends on the temperature, actually, fun fact. Um, but, yeah, we – and so we bring these, that, that kind of fun excitement to camps. I mean, it's not all just classroom stuff.
0: But when the when the kids watch you blow up a garbage can and then they go about the rest of the camp, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of how that starts?
1: It could be – so it could be how it starts or how it ends. It depends on the camp. Uh Next but year. if the camp
0: starts with you blowing up a garbage can, and the kids go through whether the camp is a day camp or a week camp, and they don't get to blow up a garbage can, are they disappointed? Or do I, I you don't. let them all blow up a garbage can?
1: Whoa, nope, safety <laughs> first, safety first in science. <laughs>
0: what about a, like a maybe a, 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 a styrofoam cup or something? Like, can we can we shrink it down? Can we do something where the kids get to blow stuff up too?
1: I, I think you might have a future like potential in science outreach. Does that sounds pretty fun? I mean,
0: this is just Mentos in the Coke. Lead, two liter coke thing right like well, just do that i mean at but,
1: negative 321 degrees you got it <laughs>
0: okay so yeah but i yeah i would be if i was at a camp and you blew up a garbage can you promoted this and then i got through the rest of the camp i was like wait a minute when do i get to blow up a thing i would be severely disappointed
1: oh well i'll keep that in mind but
0: maybe your kids aren't i mean maybe they're probably doing other things that just they they forget about the fact that they you blew up a garbage can oh
1: well they're not forgetting but I think it, they're still excited by it because you know fun fact I was a kid once and I now explode trash cans so they can do the same Yeah
0: here's the goal kids yes, you you, you got to keep this. at it so you can blow these garbage cans up What what about can we blow up other things that aren't like garbage can is garbage can what else, you got to like what else could we blow up that you know we don't really care about but would be maybe more unique in terms of you know, we got to think about this. 185 garbage cans. It's time to maybe hit the 200 plateau level and move up. on. Level move up. on. Yeah, level up. Okay. Way. So, all right. This actually,
1: well.
0: And yeah. we've, we've got a break, so we've okay. got uh, we got a couple minutes. Well, let's brainstorm here during the break. Uh, if you guys want to text in, what should Spencer be blowing up after garbage cans? 608 We'll continue this conversation in a minute. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk I'm Spencer Halsey, be Lacrosse Outreach Specialist. And we'll just call her. I mean, can we call you a scientist? I mean,
1: yeah. So
0: at one point you you were, and now you're an outreach specialist promoting science and scientists and mm-hmm. scientism. Is that a thing?
1: Yeah. So uh, the outreach program that I used to do defined scientists as anyone who ever wondered why something is the way it is. Uh, if you've ever wondered why the grass is green or why the sky is blue or we used to joke if you've ever wondered why your brother or sister is so annoying then you're a scientist. And it's true. I mean, scientists are just people who wonder why things are and then they figure it out.
0: And then go figure it out, right? Figure it out. Yeah, cuz I think I have the wonder part all the time like how is the remote working? <laughs> you know, like how IR. is this thing? You in know, prepared? but then I never go and 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 try to figure it out. But um so you you mentioned a couple of these camps and they they happen in what, what dates are these that, that, that we can still get involved in?
1: Yeah. Okay. So, um, parents, many of your kids are actually going to be participating in a science fair uh, over 300 students so far, uh, May 10th. So that one's already filled. So I'm yeah. sorry that the case here, but the ones that remain, there is a writing workshop. So whenever they apply to be a scientist somewhere, they want to get a job somewhere. We are going to help them put their skills on paper. That's uh, leveling up your personal brand. That's at the end of the summer. Uh, Hands on science is. Wait,
0: how old do you got to be to do the writing work job? Uh,
1: that's for high school.
0: High school, yeah, yeah, that's so what I thought. It seemed, seemed like college.
1: Yep. Um, the Camp Quantum for the coding camp is uh, July 17th through 22nd.
0: And when you say coding, par- parents might not even know what you're saying. I think I do, but it's like computer coding, right? Like-
1: so it's like all computer, yeah, computer coding. So if you log in and you're like, you can see a website, there's stuff happening behind that. Yeah. And that stuff.
0: Yep. Okay. Uh,
1: and, and so much more. They also have, like, a robotics part, so you can actually program robots to do things. Kids will get a kick out of it. I mean, you're going to be moving arms to do things and build things. Um, and they get to stay on a college campus. So that's that's pretty cool. And the final one is hands-on science. We actually only have, like, 10 spots left. And there's, like, 60 total spots. Uh, no, 70 total spots because we put 10 yeah, more 10. in. Yeah, because it's been so popular. We're like, we got to get more kids on campus. So, Um, and as we mentioned before, we have scholarships for every single one of these programs. I actually think Camp Quantum has, like, free admission for, like, 75% of the people that apply. I mean, if you apply, you'll probably just, your student will be able to attend, because there is so much desire to see students in STEM now. It's not like it was 20 years ago, which is when I was, like, born, but, (laughs) so it's not like it was what it used to be. People are funding STEM, so my, my personal favorite, and if you are wondering what to do this summer, uh, Hands on Science is, is just a blast.
0: Now, are these all just day camps? Or are they I, uh, for a week and I come back each day? Or
1: We do all kinds of camps. Okay. Uh, hands on Science is a, uh, they come and they pick, they pick up at the end of the day, but the Camp Quantum is overnight. So they actually get to stay in the dorms like they would if they were in college.
0: Yeah. Yeah, those are always the funnest. Uh, my basketball camp days, uh, those are always the funnest because you just, you, you got to hang out with your friends and you made a bunch of new friends and we play basketball all day so you could science all day. Um, this is the other thing too, and I'll just get back to this, this idea that you get your kids involved in science, but the real world aspect of being, of, of doing science as a, as a profession seems kind of endless and kind of um, vague to me because what is... All I think about is someone wearing the goggles, and there, there's probably a Bunsen burner. Although I don't think they use Bunsen burners as much anymore. Maybe we do hot plates or something. Um, And and then there's just you know beakers and and Bunsen burners, essentially a lot of B words, essentially. (laughs) But um, can you can you kind of explain? You know, hey kids, you're gonna get your kids involved in this stuff early, but Mm -hmm. the the beyond that, here's some of the things that. This this would lead to down the road, you know, yeah. As, aside from being an outreach, an outreach specialist, right? Because that's where you took this job.
1: That's where I took it because I I love the um, I love the fun parts of of sharing science with others, but there is so much more. Uh, I mean, a lot of people think of the very popular science demonstrations, like Big Bang Theory, right? Those were all uh, researchers, instructors, very like stereotypical scientists working in labs.
0: Well, and those guys you can't relate to them because yep. they're all in that show, Big Bang Theory. Those guys are all geniuses, yeah, right? So that's not,
1: I mean, yeah. You, you were just so going to say more. you're
0: not a genius. You can, I mean, <laughs> I think you were going to say that, but um, yeah. So those guys. I mean, the show is fun, and I, I, I do want to get your okay. Let's just do it right now. Big Bang Theory, like how relevant is that to actual like what's going on maybe on a college campus?
1: Um, I, I would. It's it's. Uh, you roll not, in your eyes. Yeah, I roll in my eyes. So. If you watch that show, I I I watched it. My dad used to love it, um, loved it, and I, I mean, used to watch gr- for the white the whiteboards in the background. Okay, that was actually like written by an actual physicist. They brought on set, and so it was really fun to pick them apart and be like, I know that that equation is familiar. And if that sounds boring to you, well, I apologize. But okay. to me, it was fun.
0: Okay, so your dad loves that mm-hmm. show, and you would sit on it. his shoulder. Did you no. tell me? Was, no, no, I would just on, look sit over on the couch. his shoulders. Oh, look over his shoulders. Okay, yeah, while well, I'm walking past, and watch the show with him.
1: Uh, watch it in passing, so I like I could because you're too young.
0: You're too young to like understand the jokes in the show, and you would look. But did your dad maybe keep that on because like is Spencer? Really looking at the whiteboards here (laughs) and maybe he was thinking like you know there's something more to this and maybe he hated the show but he knew that you were like checking out the 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 stuff in the background and trying to determine whether or not that was bs or not not that you were thinking like that but like, oh wait a minute! That stuff on the on the whiteboard is actually is a whole career correct? And, <laughs> Somebody, you know, like it's just like you're almost like a savant in that way. Or you know, you put someone in front of a piano and they start playing the piano. They, you know, there's a piano on the background. You put a kid in front of the piano and he starts mimicking it. Like in that, in that that's very. I'm trying to draw a con- comparison there. So I'll have
1: to ask my dad. Yeah, I'll, you definitely like, will. Dad, yeah. did you watch Big Bang Theory not for the weird, goofy humor, but to encourage me to continue because you stim. saw
0: my eyes get wide. And when I was looking at the chalkboard in the background <laughs> to see whether or not the, the stuff they put on that thing was BS. I mean, that's, that's pretty funny. Okay. I, so I wonder if you sound it.
1: way. Also, if you had a
0: dog as a kid and your dad said the dog went to the farm, like, don't ask your dad if the dog All actually right, went to the farm. Ask don't him. ask him that one, but you could ask him the big bang question, I All think. Right. But yeah, that's the, the, like, so, okay. So the big bang theory in, in reality is kind of BS. It's not actually happening, but what it is
1: really. Yeah, so um, I, gra- as I mentioned when, I, when we first came in here, I graduated May 2020. Right, so graduation was really weird. Every everybody kind of who was just graduating that year from college got flung everywhere in every direction. Um, traditionally, a, a traditional physics pathway is undergraduate to graduate school. That's a really common thing, but that was all flipped upside down. And so all of my peers, all my friends, ended up in completely random spaces, but because they had degrees that are physics, they were incredibly applicable. So um, one of my friends, James, uh, actually worked in a COVID center, and he was developing new tests uh, to, to detect COVID, right? And so he studied physics with me, but he could take all of the the hard work that he learned and the way that he had trained his brain to apply it to other scenarios, because physics is everywhere. It's everything we do all the time. Um, so he worked in a COVID data center. Uh, we had other people that uh, went on to to work in labs and work in genetics labs, um, not doing the physics, but actually collecting the data. I got to work alongside in a genetics lab; it's quite fun. Um, what else do scientists do? Uh, what what do scientists not do? Right? They well, develop the your thing. phone. So, they well, it, they go study the water. They they find chemicals in the water. Uh, any? I mean, yeah. During the
0: break, I brought up like like can we can we relate science to PIFAs right now? Because on French Island here. We have a PFAS problem. They've been on bottled water for a year, over a year now, and our government isn't isn't like doing anything about it. They, they, they pretend to be doing something about it, and they talk about it a lot, but they, they actually aren't doing anything except fighting the ability to do something about it. But uh, first of all, PIFAS had to be developed by scientists, mm-hmm. thank you, but then Sorry they had to be recognized by scientists that these things literally, they're, they're like, what is that bug that's indestructible? You could throw it out in space. Do you know what the mean? Tar- oh, it's tardigrade right like mm-hmm. pifas are like the tardigrade of, <laughs> they of are chemicals tardigrade right of chemicals. they're they're indestructible right and they're in our groundwater and right now like people in Campbell when they flush their toilet mm-hmm. their pifas toilet that goes out Back into our water, right? we're not doing anything with this contaminated water except putting it back into more water, mm-hmm. hoping to just dilute it. But that's not that's not a solution. So, well,
1: I'll tell you who's going to solve that problem. Yeah, how it's it... going to be a chemistry a, a chemistry student who who went on is like, you know what, I want to fix this problem. He's going to go going to go read about um, PFAS, how they came to came to be, where to find them. And Do you know off the top
0: was- of your head all the the, the plura- chloroform, you know, the whole... The, Do I know ab- what
1: PFAS stands for?
0: Yeah, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but that person will. That person
1: will. And and they they might have come to a science fair on a campus at one day and, and talked a little bit about researching finding chemicals in clams. So that's the one that seems to be really popular with middle schoolers around here, is just studying clams. That becomes something later. That becomes the scientist who figures out what chemical can negate it's going on with PFAS. it would be so a, weird, a real
0: job. It would be a weird avenue, but also very relevant. I think some kid on French Island right now maybe hears you talking or your parents hear you talking and send them to science, and then they come back and go, you know, I've been on bottled water for a year. This sucks. Uh-huh. I'll also, like, I want to help figure this out. There's an avenue for that. But, mm-hmm. like, you just go, like you said, it's chemistry, right? So you start diving down the, the chemistry lane. Also, you know, they had to develop PFAS, and then, you know, the, if we're not going to put non stick material, PIFA's material on our pans. Uh-huh. We're gonna to have to figure out some some other way to cook our food. God forbid we have to, you know. Have to cast iron. We have to flip the <laughs> burger faster or something. Um, also you know, just a side note, PIFAs are in like all our fast food wrappers it's and stuff problem. like that. It's, it's just a and we're not we haven't stopped doing that. Like I just like, what are we doing? Stop putting the PIFAs and all our stuff.
1: Okay, I think we're gonna redefine what a scientist is. I think a scientist is someone who introduces problems and then must fix them. That is what a scientist is. Oh,
0: it sounds like a politician too. No, I'm just <laughs> Same thing. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk and text line. If you want to, you want to shoot a text to Spencer Halsey. She's the UW Lacrosse Outreach Specialist. Okay, before I forget, we have this like this meteor is probably like five six inches in length, yeah, and like maybe two inches wide. Mm-hmm. And but it's ten pounds. So you said this meteor. First of all, you know it's it's ridiculously heavy for what it looks like. You said you shot it with a bunch of X rays for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. you have to explain right. that to me. But I'm like, so you. You found this at a rummage sale or no, something?
1: No, it was a gift from my aunt, a birthday okay. birthday gift. She where did she it. find it? Uh, she bought it. Um, I think it was like a flea market. Okay, but
0: somebody had to find this somewhere. Yeah,
1: somebody found. I don't know where. It was and it was found. just on Indiana? the ground. Indiana. Okay, I think it was. Well, that's probably where she. That was where she lived. So she yeah. bought
0: it. Oh wait, um, Indiana? Isn't that where? Super, no, Kansas. Superman's from Kansas. Okay, Meteor. I'm thinking. Yeah. Anyway, um Anyway, okay. how do we know that thing came from space?
1: That is a great question. There are a couple parts. Um, so, first and foremost, a lot of people come and ask, do I have a meteorite? Question <laughs> mark. The answer is no, I'm sorry. Uh, you don't have a meteorite, but you might have a meteorite. And here's how you can tell. So, uh, you blast it with x-rays. If you have an incredibly dense piece of metal, um, that, like this, you, you could have one of two things. You either have a meteorite, very rare, or you have a piece of slag. The best way to tell... If you have a meteorite or not, is to blast it with X-rays, and that gives you a elemental composition of the rock. So a long time ago, about 4.56 billion years ago, um, Earth formed, and uh, alongside it were a bunch of lot of little rocks that formed alongside it. And um, all the other planets formed, uh, Mars, the terrestrial planets, and what was left was a huge ring of like debris around us, and then an even bigger one past Pluto called the Oort cloud. And so there's a lot of extra stuff in space that wasn't put into a planet at the time of its formation. Uh, That is called an asteroid. Um, And when it comes hurtling towards Earth, it usually burns up. Uh, And as a matter of fact, about 100 tons of it hit Earth per day uh, in the form of tiny little dust particles. But ever so rarely, you'll get a really old chunk of metal hurtled towards Earth and a little stick. So it goes from meteor to meteorite when it hits Earth. Um, And what you're looking for whenever you're testing a rock to see if it's from space is... Uh, iron nickel composition. So, iron nickel was really common when Earth formed. Earth has a core of iron nickel. Um, so, all of Earth at, the, at its core is iron nickel. But the stuff on the surface rusted away or sunk into Earth because Earth wasn't always perfectly solid. It used to be kind of molten. Um, so, if you find one on the surface that has iron and nickel in it, and it's a ratio of about 70 30%, 70 to 80% nickel, um, thirty to twenty percent. No, but nobody's gonna know that.
0: Looking iron. at that thing.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting way too detailed in this. <laughs> uh, so you blast it with X rays. That's the fun part, and it'll bounce back, and the machine will tell you what it's made of, and that's how you know.
0: Do I go to Menards to get the X ray blaster, you or go
1: to campus where that where all those scientists have? Gathered so together, you, to you buy it.
0: Google Spencer Halsey UDB Lacrosse, mm-hmm. find her email address, yes, or her probably your office is on there, and mm-hmm. then you show up with a rock, <laughs> yes, be like do it. Spencer, X-ray this thing, uh-huh. and then you and like next week you'll have like fifty people I outside your door with random rocks they found in their yard. <laughs> oh bring it. Uh, uh,
1: we've had two so far. Uh, both were not meteorites. One was iron slag. One was a. Black sandstone. If There's a couple things to tell you it's not a meteorite. Um, If it's sandstone, it's not a meteorite. Uh, If it has bubbles in it, it's not a meteorite. And if it doesn't have nickel in it, but it's just pure iron, it's not a meteorite. If you
0: found it on your sand volleyball court, just in the sand a little bit, it's probably cat poop.
1: It's probably cat poop. Also
0: not a meteorite.
1: Also not a meteorite.
0: (laughs) It's petrified cat poop. Okay, I sent you these two stories. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just going to headline hunt here. NASA scientists spy. So -hmm. they spy it. Nice. Thanks, BBC. Uh, largest comet ever seen. So they must have used. It looks like they used the Hubble table telescope. They, yep. they haven't used that new one yet, right? James like, Webb. The They're James Webb still
1: lining the yeah. the, the lenses mirrors. yeah the
0: lenses yeah. The so mirrors. so we've we've seen it, and it's eighty five miles wide. Yeah, that's and true. It, is it headed for Earth? Are we doing? Are we doing? Do we need to call Bruce Willis to go? <laughs>
1: Land on it, land and, blow on it and blow it up. There, there's how we could blow it up. We could go blow up an yeah, asteroid. What else,
0: what else do we need to blow up? Not garbage cans. We did figure out what, what else, you know, you talk about, you get kids involved in these science camps. The first thing you do is blow up a garbage can. Uh, we said we could we could blow up dead whales, mm-hmm. which seems uh, impractical in Wisconsin. Yeah, that's true. Unless, uh, you know, dead carp, though, there's always all oh, kinds of... Oh, big grass carp? We could carp? throw a little... Yeah, it seems like... That would be too messy, I think. Um, I said photocopiers, like the movie uh, awesome. Office Space, right? Like... Uh, what else did i put on here and taxes i just <laughs> you have to do your taxes yeah i just did my taxes we can throw our taxes into the garbage can though i suggest keeping those for the next year because you're supposed to keep your I, have, mm-hmm. I i was looking through my tax forms 2013 i have like a like a folder of i'm like do i really need this and i'm just like i don't know i guess i'll keep it for the rest of eternity but i would really love to just throw it in the garbage can at the beginning of one of your camps
1: well i so. br- bring it uh luckily you know if you know, so I guess fun fact: uh, the the uh, Jet Propulsion Laboratory JPL predicts that every ten thousand years or so, an asteroid of about hundred meters or about three hundred and twenty eight feet in diameter mm-hmm. will strike Earth. That's just a an estimate based on what we have seen. A football
0: what- field, football field size. No. three hundred twenty eight feet, right? A three feet into a, f- a yard, three feet in a yard. I'm just doing. Rough. It's
1: hundred meters.
0: It's a hundred yards. Hundred meters, yeah, hundred yards. It's, a, it's pretty.
1: good it's a big old meteorite.
0: Yeah. Okay. So this one is 85 miles. So you you did a pretty good analogy before the show. How big this asteroid yeah, is or meteor so. asteroid meteorite? What are we calling? Okay, comet. We're calling comet. this one a comet. Yeah.
1: It's got a, it's got a nice tail on it. Uh, whenever it's moving through space, all the uh, ions are. Public telescope
0: looks like about 15 megapixels here
1: that's, <laughs> at best. Come on. It's, it's small. It's really small. Um, so 85 miles is from Lacrosse to Wisconsin Dells. That's 86. Eighty-six point seven miles to walk approximately. So, yeah. it you wouldn't have to file your taxes anymore if that struck Earth. We were we would be probably
0: everybody would forgiven. be vaporized, right? Yeah. Well,
1: the area would be wiped out.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it would just it would cause. I mean, it would do it would destroy Earth, right? Like at, at least civilization, right? Like all the way around. Would it? Would it, do you know this? Do you I, know this I, one?
1: I actually don't know this one. I feel like Physicist. my gut says it's not. I feel like be this good. is
0: physics. Is not? Yeah. Okay. We'd so have we to know how fast. <laughs> you, all right. It was do. funny. I was going to make fun of you. You have a notepad here, and you're doing. <laughs> you know, like you, you're supposed to have. You're, you're you're just out of college. You're supposed to have an iPad. You're supposed to be hip to this.
1: No, I can't beat that graph paper.
0: All right, I'm going to make her do the calculations quick. And no, I'm just kidding. But uh, I, we do have to take one more quick break. We'll be back. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk. i I'm just going to wrap up here with Spencer Halsey, the UW Lacrosse Outreach Specialist, just talking about we just did a we did a show in science. Uh, we figured out that the the we can't determine the the price of the meteor. Thanks for Texan Dennis. Wondered how much this rock was. This ten pound rock that's like six by three inches. Uh, we, inflation is going up so high that we have no idea how much. It's yeah, just a, if it was worth five thousand dollars now, it's probably worth like seven. <laughs>
1: At least, and, uh, and you're bucks.
0: at at some point you're gonna have to claim it, so you're gonna have to pay your taxes. Well, be, probably this year. Well, you haven't done your taxes yet, Spencer. So you could probably. Have to claim. Um, Terrible. The other thing that so this meteor we were talking about the largest comet I've ever seen, 85 miles in diameter. So from here to Wisconsin Dells, that thing, mm-hmm. and it's gonna buzz the Earth here pretty soon, I think, and we'll all be toast. I okay. mean, even if it buzzes the Earth, it will probably affect us, right?
1: Well, it. I mean, technically, it's affecting us right now if you account for gravity, which doesn't have. A limit on how okay that's way too deep. Yeah, no, we're good. We're, we should be fine.
0: And I only got a minute here. The other mm-hmm. thing that we we buried this. Uh, the U.S. military confirms an interstellar meteor collided with mm-hmm. Earth. So this thing, no, you you were talking Perfectly about this before stellar. the show. Mm-hmm. If this thing went through the atmosphere, if we saw it, mm-hmm. what would it look like mm-hmm. when
1: it, it goes be huge? So most. Asteroids. I mean, most meteors that pass through Earth's atmosphere are the ones you see. So when I stars. see a
0: shooting star, I'm laying on the golf course out in uh, Valley High. I live out up, up there. There's in the middle of nowhere. I can see shooting stars all the time. How big are those?
1: Those are like the size of a grain of sand. They are burning so bright and so quickly that you can see them with the naked eye. It's it, it's incredible.
0: Okay, so when something like six by three goes through the atmosphere, this thing had to go through the atmosphere. It's probably bigger than that when it went through. I'm sure it burned probably off burned a little off. bit. Would we think that was like like the Holocaust coming or something? <laughs>
1: Probably not that, but it be, it'd be really bright uh, actually that's how we saw the Hubble saw the last one really bright things passing through space. I mean energy's crazy, light is crazy
0: so we we just assume like that if we saw that coming through we th- we would think maybe aliens are landing. yeah, you something would like that you
1: would see it from a while away.
0: How, how big are you, we just, uh, we're wrapping up here. How big are you into, like, you know, the military confirms. Also, the military has been sending out videos of, like, spaceships flying around. They you- can
1: get away with that now. <laughs> Things are too <laughs> weird. <What> is- <laughs> so this story was actually really interesting. Interstellar meteor uh, collided with Earth. Uh, the science behind this is super cool. Not very fun for radio, but you can sum it up as uh, we did some math. And we discovered that this rock that hit us uh, was from... Not our solar system. So, as I mentioned earlier, all the rocks kind of formed around the same time for us. This one, completely unknown. It's from way past the Oort cloud, way past Pluto. So,
0: all right, that's Spencer Halsey, UBA Lacrosse Outreach Specialist. Thanks a lot for joining me.